Hello and welcome to another episode of Monster Dear Monster. I'm your host Dave and I'm joined today by Cameron. We are unfortunately Leonardless uh this episode. Mm. He's, he's under the weather. So yeah. everyone send good vibes, please. That would be great. Um Cameron, yeah. <laughs> are you, are you, how are you doing? You you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm not I'm not down with the sickness like Leonard, fortunately. Um, <laughs> it's it's the end of term over here in Australia, so I've been sort of run off my feet last minute trying to get all these kids to get their forms for the school music festival in before they go away for the holidays and stuff like that. So it's it's been a busy couple of weeks, but things are coming to a close. I'm about to have some time off, which is nice. So, yeah, uh, I'm not doing too bad. <laughs> uh, how about yourself? Uh, yeah, it's about the same. The well, at least here it's okay. The the east coast mm. is getting hammered with a giant hurricane, so that's not good. yeah. So mm. hopefully we have. <laughs> I guess we have a few associates out that way, and hopefully they're all doing okay, and everybody else. Too. Yeah, um, we'll Be find safe, out in the people. next two days. <laughs> uh, yeah, how bad the devastation gets. Uh, otherwise, here in the in the Midwest, it's fine. Um, the weather's mm. finally starting to kind of not be summer um yeah <laughs> it's yeah. still hot i don't know it's <laughs> getting close to october and we're still in the 90s um mm. so that's not great but what can you yeah. do global warming yeah exactly at least those it's uh, a polar ice caps aren't <laughs> melting or anything no god that'd be awful <laughs> yeah uh. they start breaking and drifting i mean Mm. freeing up these passages up there yeah <laughs> it's bad what's going on i'm just i'm just imagining like a, a midwest cornfield and suddenly this ice flow just plows through it <laughs> it's just like <laughs> well, wasn't some like city or village or something uncovered probably thought, that sounds entirely was. plausible i thought something <laughs> melted in there they found like a, a town or a not oh a town, man but a, ice station yeah. or something that's pretty cool or, we forgot this was not. here <laughs> not good. do not well, dig into yeah, the ice sure. we already covered that <laughs> yeah we did a whole episode on why that's a bad idea <laughs> bad idea guys bad idea <laughs> yeah yeah so this episode we are returning to some korean folklore uh with a mm, film yeah the way or not no this isn't the whaling the mimic <laughs> <laughs> the whaling, whaling was the last time I'm on whaling was last yeah time. Um, yeah an excellent movie uh, no no the mimic yeah uh, and not mimic the del toro version um mm, no cockroaches in this one no cockroaches <laughs> in this one um, that we could see didn't see any cockroaches mm. but uh, i'm sure there were a couple yeah they could do it before we get to that it's of course uh that time of the week Mm. Yokai what what time? Week, I think. Ba, ba, da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's that time of the year again. Uh, well, the, the the fortnight again, I guess. Um, we're gonna roll a die, or some dice, perhaps. Get a number between one and twenty-ish. Um, and we're doing I and J this week. Um. So, in the time-honored tradition of our podcast, Dave, roll them. Twenty-eight. 
20. Oh, wow. Okay. Right to the end. Okay. Juboko. Juboko. <laughs> Didn't even have that's to count cool. this time. That's great. Yeah. That's an easy. <laughs> Does it have a thing page? Uh, it appears to. Um, and while not a super substantial page, uh, it is enough. substantial enough. Yeah. Um, so the Juboko, uh, the tree child, apparently, in a literal translation, it's a yokai tree uh, inc- that appears in many books related to Japanese yokai, including Shigeru Mizuki's work. According to folklore, it appears in former battlefields where many people have died, and its appearance does not differ that much from ordinary trees. Since it becomes a yokai tree by sucking up large quantities of blood from the dead, it lives on human blood. When a human being happens to pass by, it supposedly captures the victim and, changing its branches into the shape of a tube, sucks the blood out of the victim. A jiboko that sucks life out of human beings in such a way is said to always maintain a fresh appearance. Uh, When a jiboko is cut, blood trickles out, and it is said that a jiboko branch could heal and decontaminate an injured person. So, pretty creepy. And this... What is it? um, I'm pretty sure this is a Junji Ito story as well uh i think so mm, yeah because th- there was the animated series a while back and i quite liked it. one of the episodes was about like a sort of a vampire tree kind of thing that sprouted like blood fruits um seems to be something along those lines uh yeah <laughs> it's uh i this is creepy just because it looks like a normal tree until it's not all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> it's kind of a mimic. Here, I'll read the mm-hmm. next part. Yeah, yeah. So the origin of this, um, and this is actually this is interesting. Now, folklore scholars such as Kunio Yanigata, Yanagita and Iwao Hino, mm-hmm. who wrote works such as Yokai Stories and Vocabulary of Changes in Yokai, no, in Japanese Yokai, respectively, state in written works that Written state in written works about folklore yokai, but there is no yokai that became the origin of the juboko. A group of experts from a group called the Scholar Conference, okay, uh, mm. run by yokai scholars Tatsuhiko Kyo, uh, Kyogoku and mm. Tadanatsumi, writer Murakami Kenji, and science fiction writer Yamamoto Hiroshi, stated that there is no source for the of appearance for this yokai tree. And it can be theorized that this yokai is a fictional creature conceived by Shigeru Mizuki. Oh. Mizuki stated that he created around three, three, 30 different yokai <laughs> in his comic book, Gege no Kitaro, but did not specify which among the yokai described in his work were his original creations. It could, however, be a fictional amalgam of Kodama, Onryo, Kyonshi, Obake, and Tsukumogami. So, yeah. the nature spirits, yeah. the angry spirit, the... Mm. It's a vampire, kind of. Thing. Uh, yeah, that's Jiangxi, based yeah, on um, the Chinese hopping vampire. Obake, the general. Uh, mm. uh, Angry ghost. Yeah. Uh, I think no, that changes just rather. Spirit. Yeah, Onryo is the angry ghost. Yeah. Uh, and then the Tsukumogami. So. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that, that's interesting that it's potentially a fake yokai, technically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Eventually, I would okay. like to look into Kikino you know, Kitaro. Mm. I've, I've watched yeah. a few of the the reboot, or it's not really reboot, but the continuation mm. um, show yeah. that just came out this year. 
I'm not as familiar mm. with the the source manga. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be it looks uh, like it has some interesting art. Oh, there's a lot. It's <laughs> definitely, it's just yokai of the week, but in serialized <laughs> form. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Which is slightly different from this serialized form, <laughs> audio only version. Hmm. But yeah, uh, yeah. So I guess that's the Juboko. I don't have any mm. other. I don't think I've seen yeah, but... anything else other than the um, mm. Genji Ito story. Well, yeah. I mean, if the if the claim that it's potentially a created yokai is anything to go by, it's probably not too much else on it out there. <laughs> I mean, the the concept is very spooky. Yeah, I like Jeez, it. Spooky anyway. Get that <laughs> Evil Dead vibe going on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, that looks like that was Yokai of the Week. Put that musical stuff mm-hmm. back in sometime. Trick yeah. Thinking <laughs> <laughs> mm. the, the sound. <laughs> You thought it would be the co-host, but it was me, Musical Sting, from episode 14. <laughs> yeah, something like that. It's pretty fun back. <laughs> All right. I mean, I still have the... Uh, uh, little jingle. Version. Yeah. <laughs> mm, and, oh, the John version, yeah. 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 I'll put that back in sometime. Yeah. Everybody will be surprised. <laughs> well, um, that brings us to... Chang San Bom, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. The Mimic, not The Whale. Mm-hmm. Not The Whale. Not The Whale, <laughs> The Mimic. Uh, I, I liked this as much as I liked The Whaling. Mm-hmm. Like, it had a yeah. lot of that same, because it's a small village, small town vibe. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, this was, uh, it was... It was pretty good. What what did you think about this? Just as a an entertainment piece, yeah, I I really liked it. It had a lot of stuff that was genuinely spooky. Um, in particular, like um, there was sort of a, a bit near the start, which was something you don't see a lot. Is like horror in daylight. Like a lot of horror movies rely a lot on a darker set, and you know the atmosphere of oh, it's nighttime and you can't see properly, and that's scary to make you know to amp up fear in the audience and the characters, but there's that section where it's the, um, the two kids looking for their lost dog. Yeah. And that was really, really spooky, even though it's like in the middle of the day with sun shining right down. Uh, and in certain cases that makes it even scarier because that turns like, you know, the inside of the cave pitch black, for example, and stuff like that. And they, they did some really interesting things that are a bit different to, um, what I would call traditional, like Western horror troops. Perhaps uh, they played around with things in some interesting ways. Uh, it was definitely really enjoyable. Um, it kind of continues that thing with Korean horror films, though, where it felt longer than it was for me. Like so much happened in yeah, a relatively it, it short was less film. Than a two hour long film. But yeah, definitely the the pacing. They just yeah they just crammed a lot of events into mm. a smaller um, <laughs> runtime, but. Uh, yeah. At the same no, time, I don't think it felt like it was like it wasn't speeding yeah. along. You were no, no. adequately paced. Um, mm. 
as opposed to like the whaling which was in fact like three hours I think it was a three yeah hour that one that one that one was um, pretty long <laughs> this had actually i think this had more development because they were focused on a um a specific family rather than looking mm. at like a village it was yeah more self-contained yeah. so they could put in more information without um mm. bloating the runtime definitely yeah Oh, so I guess we'll uh, we'll do a short synopsis because otherwise people mm-hmm. have no mm-hmm. idea what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that would help. <laughs> so um, I keep I really keep wanting to say the whaling. <laughs> uh, it was so long ago, Dave. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> no, it was just last week. I'm pretty sure. Uh, the the film isn't one story it's like two mm. yeah two or three three stories i guess technically um mm. a family moves out of uh out of seoul uh to the countryside and they're they're dealing with um the loss of one of their children they have uh, they had a son mm. and daughter and the son had gone missing um some years before i don't think it was immediately yeah it was like two years ago i think yeah but, um the, the the parents are still grieving the mother more so than the father uh mm. t- to the point where she's um on medication yeah uh, yeah and they're ignoring at least the mother kind of it they're sort of ignoring their daughter she's she's mm. there in the family but she's not an entity as far as the parents are really concerned they've it's i don't know it's really it's kind of depressing they've sort of written her <laughs> off just lost in you know the grief of their missing son um, mm, mm. and they're also living with uh the the husband's mother yeah yeah who is also um She's not. She's not really gone senile, but it's kind of edging that way. So they're dealing yeah. with that too. Um, she has some kind of brain-related illness. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to say exactly mental illness, but it, it seems more like it's early onset like a, Alzheimer's. Yeah, it's almost, almost like a dementia. Yeah. Like it's just yeah, it's just you know, the early period of it. Um, mm. and they move to a town where they discover um quite quickly that there have been mm. uh serial um disappearances people, yeah people gone missing yeah. over the last like 30 years uh, yeah and um that comes into play quickly because they find a uh a missing they run across like a missing child mm. and mm. It's a little weird because the the mother fixates on having found yeah. this missing child and surrogates her as her son. Mm. But mm. as a grieving mother, she has like little uh, desire to reunite this child with her, you know, her potential yeah. parents. Like she's more concerned yeah. with just having replaced her son mm. Um, mm. With, with a child. Yeah. And then, you know, things, of course, get, get creepy. 
Um, <laughs> things get spooky. <laughs> things get spooky. <laughs> uh, that's the essential. That's like the basic plot. They've they're yeah they're missing a child. They found a kid to replace it. Him and yeah, <laughs> um, they're just dealing also with uh, uh, living in a more rural area from moving uh, after mm. having moved from the city. Yeah, yeah. And they, they run like a dog dog breeding center, dog care I center. I think so because sure they they have a lot of dogs. I think it's <laughs> and a I, breeding center. Yeah, that's never really explained. They just have a separate building for dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Effectively. I mean, I think they probably explain it, but it didn't come across in the subtitles, and I wasn't paying yeah. enough attention to yeah. the Korean. And I don't speak Korean, so... <laughs> yeah, sorry, we failed, you guys. They got some dogs. Mm-hmm. There are a couple dogs. A bunch of dogs, yeah. <laughs> and I guess we did... Maybe they just the like sharks. To... Yeah, they just love dogs. <laughs> um, we had the short <laughs> beginning plot with the, uh, the, the two neighborhood mm. kids that... Um, we're looking for their dog. Yeah. That's yeah. of course where they found the uh the little girl afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because people like to go into spooky caves. Oh yeah. Gotta go into the spooky areas. <laughs> yeah. So they're on a um they're the, the the village they're in I think the village is also Changsan. Um Changsan is the mountain. Yeah. Or it's yeah. Mount, mount Chang. Tang-tang. Yeah. And uh, there is a, I don't know if it's an, I think it's just like a national reserve. Mm. It's something like a, a park. Yeah. But yeah. there's a, a cave system um, in the inside the mountain that, uh, man, I think they explained what was going on with it, but I, I don't remember. Um, the area where they find the little girl is yeah. a, uh, well, it wasn't this. I think it was like an old offices, like offices. Yeah. Some sort of maintenance so building that they built yeah. into. Yeah. Just, I think it was to study the cave. Mm. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what they said it was. It was uh, mm. ex- to explore the caverns because it's a huge um, cave mm. system. Mm. And um, the, the, it's abandoned. It's been abandoned for a very long time. And they yeah, um, yeah. they find the little girl in there, or no, she's just wandering around in the forest. Yeah, I think. around that area. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember. I just remember it was spooky, and they shouldn't have gone in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they're looking Look, for the it... kids. One of the kids went missing. Hmm. The brother. Technically. Yeah. I think he wandered in there, and they they found him. No, they found oh, no, dead no. bodies. No, so okay, so what what it is is this you know, these two kids are looking for their dog. Yeah, I watched this just yesterday, so I hope I'm remembering this correctly. So two kids are looking for their dog. They come to the house that this family were focused on moved into, ask around because you guys have a lot of dogs, maybe you have our dog. Say no, and then they wander there's like a trail from the house they moved into up basically directly to the spooky cave. <laughs> which is always a good sign um, if there's just a little run from the back of your garden all the way to a bad place. Um, (laughs) And there's, like, it's classic warning sign is there's this cave that's been completely bricked off, but someone's opened a hole in the bricks, Um, (laughs) which please don't go there. Um, And I think it's actually, like, the older sister 
gets pulled into the cave by something and then you know uh the the adults come rushing in when they hear screaming and they eventually do find both of those kids again but they also find a dead body which yes. is from the from the opening it's of the film the, i believe the cold open of the movie yeah yeah doesn't it doesn't really mean, like matter as far as yeah. the story is concerned it, it's just another event in the monsters sort of victims it, i guess well i think technically this is what released releases mm. the chunks and bone from it's it's not really a prison it's just where it is mm. um, yeah but it, it wakes it up maybe yeah yeah maybe <laughs> Yeah, should we should we explain exactly what the Jungsan bomb is? Maybe. To, yeah, we'll just to like spoil. Get a clear okay. view on everything. <laughs> We're just completely <laughs> spoiling the end of the movie, but that's yeah, you know what we do. Um, well, exactly. The, we were going to the get Chang there anyway. Jungsan bomb uh, is the Chang Mountain Tiger. It's a it's a white tiger mm. spirit um, that is the the mountain spirit. It had mm. been. Um, prayed to served for um, many years and uh, ultimately what this, this turns into is one of the um, mm. the head shaman uh, that was worshipping the, the mountain spirit ends up being possessed by it uh, now that's, mm. that's a common thing um, that happens with um, the shamans that are dealing with these spirits is they, they become possessed by them and they gain some sort of ability um, mm. through that interaction. It's like a sort of a, it's, it's a possession, but it's generally, it's like symbiotic. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're, they're used, they use it for fortune telling. The spirit will speak through them. Um, mm. They become a spirit medium, uh, basically. Yeah. Uh, in this case, the spirit is, well, it's the spirit of a tiger and it's like just perpetually hungry. So, mm in possessing the shaman it just wants sacrifices it wants blood it wants mm. bodies i guess um, yeah yeah <laughs> and what that results in is the shaman becoming like a complete like servitor um mm. of this it's an extension of the spirit he's not even his own person um after a while and yeah the little girl that we meet um, is also part of that spirit. It's it's the shaman's daughter, mm. or yeah. turns out to be the shaman's daughter. But she's perpetually like ten years old, or maybe even mm. younger. Um, that's just, oh yeah, she looks like five or a, six. Yeah, she's just a, <laughs> a face of the the tiger, an extension of it, like mm. that's able to move past its place in the cave. Mm. Mm. Basically, something just to, just to draw. It's um, she acts as a a lure, yeah, sort of like as yeah. an anglerfish would use to mm. draw people to go into the cave. Um, yeah, and the spirit and also itself, to like prepare uh, them spiritually in a yeah. way. It seemed that there was that line about like she helps begin to erode your soul effectively with all yeah. the symptoms that come along with that. <laughs> Yeah, she can't use like whole healthy people. They need to be um, depleted. 
I guess, in, in a mm. sense. So she, the tiger itself, I guess, preys on yeah. your weaknesses. If you're infirm, um, it, it baits you with longings and desires, uh, things that open you up to either pos- potential possession um, or mm. maybe just makes you tastier to eat. I don't know. It doesn't uh, <laughs> it, it didn't really dig into that part of it other than mentioning. Mm. Um, so what they've done as far as the ex- exposition is concerned is we get a few flashbacks to um, missing um, mm. children's cases and things that have happened in the last 30 years. But there is a local um, shaman who yeah. understands that this spirit is malevolent and not just something to be like blindly worshipped. Uh-huh, no pun mm-hmm. intended. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and she is trying to intercede um, on behalf of this family, basically warning them away mm-hmm. and trying to get them to not uh, fall prey to the, the tiger spirit. Mm, mm. Um, and and as the case in, in using her own um, spiritual powers, her own eyesight has failed her. Um, yeah, and that's because of I think this the stronger chi that she's able to use as a spirit mm. medium. But alternatively, that's also one of the um, malaises caused by the the tigers. Mm. Yeah, beginning to if prey you, on you, it's weakening yeah. your energy, and that's heavily related to your sight. So you'll you start mm. to go blind. Which, when you find that out, is actually really interesting because, like, way way earlier in the film, it felt like forever early, but I guess it was only like thirty minutes earlier. You know, like the um the husband and wife are sitting down for breakfast, and they're both rubbing their eyes and going, "We've got really dry eyes today. What's going on?" Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, "Oh shit." <laughs> They got him. <laughs> yeah, and that it feeds into um, the illusions uh, that the tiger performs mm. to like trick you. Well, the more the more I the more your eyesight fails, the more likely you are to you know fall victim to some sort mm. of like visual deception because you can't see. Um, you, yeah, you end up seeing what you want to see or what you think. Uh, is like beneficial to you like mm-hmm. one of your desires mm-hmm. or the things you want that's what it tricks you with and since your vision's like super blurry or almost not there at all you're, yeah. you're forced to rely on your hearing and mm-hmm. one of the uh, prominent characteristics of this particular spirit is it's able to like virtually mimic like anybody's voice yeah, that, that it yeah. Hears. I think it has to hear it once, and then it can just copy you. Mm, which has some pretty interesting implications. Uh, one of which is so the the couple's missing son just disappeared one day in the city. Effectively, like his grandmother was meant to be watching him, but she was off in her own head. As it's it were. when she was um, beginning to develop her her dementia, and yeah, unfortunately, and, she and was he- babysitting him in the public. Yeah, and and he disappeared. But the thing is, the Jungsan bomb uses his voice a lot, actually. So the implication is maybe either it or one of its followers was that far out of, you know, Jungsan itself. Yeah, uh, spirited him away. <laughs> yeah, 
Or it was just a horrible kidnapping case. We don't. Or it was a horrible kidnapping case. We don't ever find out. Like the implication there that the Jang San Bong can use the voice is like yeah. it. It, it probably got to, him. It would have had but to yeah. have heard him. I think. Although, um, it, it did watch the video of him mm, earlier in right. the film um, as well. So the, we'll the, see. The, the girl was <laughs> watching the home videos. Mm. So yeah, it could have just done it from that. Yeah. Either, either way, they're both interesting. It's pro- it was probably meant to be. Oh, it saw this on the home video, but. Um, yeah, and this is this is what makes the film really creepy, in my opinion, um, because they they have a couple of examples of um, <laughs> of the of the spirit within the girl and the shaman like mimicking people. So like, there's the there's the flashback to the shaman sacrificing a dog, and then he just turns around and sees someone watching him, just starts barking <laughs> at them. But it's like you know, a they, dog bark. It's not like a person yeah, mimicking a dog. It's, it is. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's great. And <laughs> it's great. And then the woman runs off screaming, you know, help, help, my husband, et cetera, et cetera. And then you watch like the, the shaman as possessed by the Jiang San Bon, like mimicking go, help, help, my husband, help me, et cetera. And then like, you know, practice it a couple of times and then just scream at the top of their voice in an exact copy of the woman's voice. Like I'm pretty sure they just took the same audio and pasted it yeah. over. Um, like a perfect imitation, which was it's really, very, very really good. Yeah, and they they got they they must have spent a lot of money on getting the lip syncing just right as well, because it seemed really, really tight. Like again, I don't speak Korean, but it seemed to be very, very well timed. Um, particularly in another scene where the the tiger is the little girl was mimicking um the the main female character, and that was probably the creepiest bit of the movie for me um <laughs> you know uh when juni is in the in the dog cage because the shaman's coming after her and then the little yeah. girl shows up and perfectly mimics her mother saying it's all right and like with the correct like adult style head movements and the perfect lip syncing stuff like that really creeped me out so much <laughs> yeah and it, it was meant to be reassuring but it was like utterly not uh. It was so was so scary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't blame her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, uh, yeah. This is this is the creepy part of it. Is like it perfectly imitates someone, um, and as we mentioned earlier, it erodes your vision as well if you um, sort of give in to any of its temptations. Uh, and so you know we get the things where like the husband went down into the cave to try and find his mother who disappeared off of course because she was taken by the junks of home and he is you know completely blind down there you know we find him later and he's just sitting there in the dark trying to ignore the voices basically <laughs> which is pretty rough <laughs> yeah and yeah I, that's one part i think we we missed um this this poor family. Uh, so <laughs> his mother, yeah, lost her older sister, mm. uh, who was also um, theoretically, I guess, captured by the Jiangsan bomb, mm. Mm. or at least something. Something took her sister like, years ago when she was young. So yeah, that yeah. has informed her. Um in relation to these events because because of her her dementia she's not in the present the most of the time that you see the grandmother she thinks she's like still a young girl 
and she's dealing mm. with the disappearance mm. of her sister and she's able um she's one of the few aside from the um the local mudang that is um aware of of the changsan bomb mm. and she's warning yeah. like the children to like we need to go. We need to leave. But of yeah. course, well, no she's, trying to, <laughs> she's trying yeah. to. She's trying to. But she's <laughs> using. Um, she's referring Duck to tape. everyone like as her sister. Yeah. So yeah. She, so it's not. It's. It's super sad. Like it's really hard to watch. It really is. Like, no. Oh, poor grandma. <laughs> poor grandma. She was so on top of it as well. She covered all the mirrors in the house with duct tape. <laughs> Yeah. which turns out to be great because also for some reason this junk sun bomb has a connection with mirrors um any, in that yeah, like any reflective surface it, it uses yeah. those as a medium to travel yeah which we get some great stuff as well was like um the the husband is investigating one of the mirrors that grandma taped over like pulls back the tape and sees like it looks like like sort of like dish soap running down the surface of the mirror so he tries to wipe it off and it turns out it's actually on the inside of the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, some cool stuff like hands beating up against the mirrors and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, plays around with it a bit. And it. I think it... I'm not sure if it's specifically just for the set or if it's a cultural thing, but, like, every wardrobe and cupboard in this entire house has a little mirror on the inside for some reason. <laughs> like, that's one thing I noticed watching the film is, like, Oh, open this closet. Oh, there's a mirror. Open this little wardrobe. Oh, there's a mirror. Open the cupboard. There's a mirror. Like, yeah, you have so many mirrors in the house. It, uh, being cultural <laughs> and it's effective um, for the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and you you get some good creepy stuff with the mirrors as well. Um, like at, at one point, Juni, um, the couple's daughter, who they've been who they've been ignoring a bit. Um, is sort of spooked at the night um, and comes downstairs and can hear her mother in the bathroom. It sounds like her mother's taking her pills and it's like, oh yeah, come here, Juni, uh, just a second. I've got to get things ready first. And Juni like looks inside and it's the, the shaman crawling out of the mirror, just sort of like Samara from the ring style. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's a big, it's a big creep. Uh, what can I say? <laughs> I was trying to look up the yeah. I know there's um Buddhist uh spirit mirrors, but mm. couldn't find them. Okay. Anyway, yeah, well. they're <laughs> they're they're part of the, the religion as well. Mm. Mm. It's another uh religious yeah. spiritual thing. Yeah, fair enough. And um uh, go ahead. No no no. I I, I don't have anything right now. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you were gonna say something. Anyway, uh, one, uh, there's a few uh, folk tales that inform the, the mythology and uh, would be familiar to pretty much anybody watching this. Mm. That's Korean. Um, yeah, it, it's it's like if you watch a movie and it, it's about um, I don't know Jack and the Beanstalk or something. They're just it's yeah, just a yeah. pervasive ubiquitous uh, tale. Yeah. You know, um, or at least be you'd, be you'd be familiar with what's what yeah, is yeah. going on um, folklorically in this film, but um, 
the the origin story or or I guess an origin story of the sun and moon um, would be mm. one such tale and uh well i'll I'll give this a shot <laughs> yep, <laughs> From yep. not I'm not actually reading anything um <laughs> there are it's a small family um out in the uh in like a little you know farming community this is of course since it's an origin story for the sun and moon it's old um it's a mother uh and her two children. Uh, living out um, in, in an old village, and the mother has uh, gone to the market and purchased. Um, yeah, I think she purchased uh, rice cakes to bring home to her mm-hmm. children. And, and as she's on her way home, she is going through the like the mountain trails um, to get back yeah, to the village. Yeah. And as she's on her way back, she encounters a tiger. The, uh. the tiger says it will eat her. Um, but she staves it off uh, by offering it uh, her, you know, her rice cakes. She's like, I can, I'll give you this rice cake if you just let me go back to my children. Um, mm-hmm. And the tiger eats the cake. And then yeah. it says it's still hungry. So she offers it another one. And she's at the same time saying that, you know, I, I only have so many of these and mm-hmm. you just take these mm-hmm. and leave me alone. Just leave me enough to, um, to, to, to give to my kids. Yeah. But the yeah. tiger, of course, keeps pestering her. And it, it doesn't want the rice cakes. It's just it wants to eat her. Uh, so mm. she keeps giving it the rice cakes until, unfortunately, <laughs> there are none left. And it eats her. Okay. Yeah. The tiger, no, I mean, because she's talked about her children, um, it's more interested in that now because it's still mm. hungry. So it goes to the village and uh, finds the house where the the children are. Knocks on the door and says, "Oh, it's you know, it's me. You're open the door. It's me, your mother." Uh, in of course, the yeah. mother's voice. And um, <laughs> it's like I brought the rice cakes back from the village or from the from the market. Uh, let me in, and uh, we can eat eat the rice cakes. Um, there are a few different versions of this story, of course, and in some of them. The, the children sort of know immediately that it's it's not their mother. Mm. They try to hide, um, and the tiger breaks in. And then in a few other ones, I think, that are more recent um, versions, uh, the the tiger gets its um, hand through the door, and the, mm. the, the little girl says, oh, that's, that's you're not our mother. That's like a giant, you know, fuzzy <laughs> hand. My, our, my oh, mother's no hand way. is smooth and... She's, mm. The tiger's like, no, it's of course I'm your mother. Uh, I've been working, <laughs> and my hand's rough because of that. Um, but uh, as it is, they they eventually they flee and mm. climb a, a, a giant tree. The yeah. the tiger is hunting them down, trying to find them, and it comes across a a well. It can hear the the kids crying, and it looks down into the well and sees the reflection of the kids up in the tree. So it. Mm. It finds them and then ah, sees them in the tree. Yeah. Um, and then I think at that point, it's uh, it's asking how they got up the tree because it, it's a super tall tree. And the, the mm. boy says, well, if you put sesame oil on your hands, um, you can grip the tree <laughs> and climb up. And, you know, you can get us. Mm. And, of yeah. course, the, the tiger does so. puts this oil on its hands. <laughs> Cannot climb the tree because it just got <laughs> yeah. its hands in a yeah. hole. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And this is a, a, a trope that shows up in other um, tiger folktales. It's the tiger is not only voracious, but um, quite often it's kind of an idiot. Like, yeah, they don't yeah. Gra- it's <laughs> granted that sort of status um, in some of the tales. It, it never, because of its hunger, it can't think straight, I think is what it's, yeah. it's sort of meant okay. to be. It's so hungry yeah. that it can't like really form very good plans. Yeah, um, yeah fair enough. Which makes I don't sense. blame it's, it. It's better to yeah. read, I think, that way than the tiger is just naturally stupid. Yeah, yeah, and I guess that ties in with the um all the mirror stuff in the movie as well because yeah. it finds people through mirrors, finds people in a reflection in that folktale. Yeah, and I think that that's where they pulled that from. Um, mm. So the the girl, <laughs> she's. I don't know. Um, it's sort of silly. She looks down at the tiger and she's laughing at it because it's dumb trying to use the oil to mm. climb the tree. And she's like, oh, you, yeah. you dumb tiger. Like, if you only <laughs> used an axe, you could have cut down the tree. And, and the brother, of course, is like, why would you tell him that? And the, the tiger gets an axe and uses that to sort of climb the tree. Mm. Mm. But, um, the, the kids pray to um, heaven and yeah a rope is sent down and they climb the rope to get away and the tiger also okay. prays to heaven and the rope comes down mm. it's like a rotten <laughs> rope so the tiger falls uh, doesn't make i it. see the, the kids yeah they, they keep climbing into the clouds and the um the boy becomes the sun and uh or no he becomes the moon and the mm. girl becomes the sun because she's afraid of the dark so I think okay even that um sort of ties into some of what we see um, mm. in this movie. Mm. And then the other relevant uh, myth is is the part of the um, origin story of the country, and this is the uh, myth of Tungun. And I'll, I'll cut this a little bit shorter because the, the part that's yeah. important is brief. Um, there are two animals, a bear and a tiger, that want to become human. And to in order to do so, they pray to um, Tangan. Actually, they either Tangan or um, Hananim, like his father, the supreme mm-hmm. deity. Mm-hmm. And they're told in order to do so, they have to perform austerities and stay in a cave for 100 days, uh, surviving only on like a handful of garlic and um, some mugwort. Uh, mm-hmm. but unfortunately or i guess or how you however you want to read it um the bear is able to to do so it yeah it, it survives survives it, it lasts the hundred days and becomes a woman uh, who eventually marries tangun and becomes queen of the, the country mm. um the tiger however is so hungry it can't withstand staying in the cave for that long and yeah. leaves and doesn't get to become a human. Okay. So that I yeah. think almost more directly ties into this. It's um the Chang Zanbom is ever voracious and mm. I don't know if it wants to become a human, but it definitely <laughs> possesses people um in order to yeah. leave the cave. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I think cool. that these um these myths are highly relevant and i know there's another one that specifically has a shaman in it but um i couldn't mm-hmm. couldn't track that down in the 
the book that I think has it was like forty bucks, and I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I'm not buying a forty dollar <laughs> book for a one one folktale. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> That's cool. Hmm. So this is yeah one of those basically ubiquitous sort of fairy tales, but just for Korea rather than Europe and America and Australia. Yeah, there's um there's a little bit more that goes on toward the end of the film, but mm. this is one of the cases where I actually don't want to spoil that part of it. People need to yeah, kind of see yeah. the ending bit by, for themselves. Uh, Definitely. Um, as a piece of entertainment, I said, like I said, we I really mm. enjoyed this, and um, I would recommend uh, tracking it down. I believe it's only available for rent, uh, rather than I mean, you can purchase it too, but it's not streaming yeah. for free anywhere. It's too new. No, uh, unless you are in Spain and you have Netflix, as far as I can tell. Oh, is it? <laughs> oh. Apparently, it's on Netflix Spain. <laughs> Some people get all the luck. I know, right? <laughs> so on the whole, what what did you think of this? Um, just as an intro, I think, into this tiger, this white tiger concept. Yeah, I think it was really, really good. Um, it is, it's been really different to the other Korean horror films I've watched, which is, you know, Train to Busan, The Wailing, that kind of stuff. Um, and it felt like, so Train to Busan was basically just a classic zombie film with the Korean take. Um, and the wailing was kind of a classic ghost story, but with a more Korean take, but this feels really distinct and unique. There's not anything exactly like this. I feel, uh, in more Western mythology and as a film, as an introduction to that kind of idea, it was really, really good. Like it's really well done. Uh, it's really short for how much happens. Like I know I said that earlier, but (laughs) It's really weird to me that this is like an hour and a half film when it does like so much character development and so many events happen as well. <laughs> I'm not sure where the time went. Oh. <laughs> and yeah, it's just a it's just a good horror movie basically. <laughs> There's a lot of good stuff. Um if you if you're a big fan of dogs, be aware that a dog does die in the film. Um <laughs> I guess would be a warning if you want to go watch it, but um yeah, apart from that, it's basically I, I wholeheartedly recommend it as just an interesting and different horror film. Yeah, it and it and it deals with more than just um, the horror aspect, or at least the, mm. the spiritual side of things. You're dealing with heavily, heavily with grief. Um, yeah, with dementia, with uh, relocation. I mean, there's so mm-hmm. much you can look into this film separately like each of these yeah. things you could watch the whole movie just just for that really um aside mm-hmm. from being a, a well-crafted horror film um it, it's horror on multiple levels it's not just you know the the grudge or mm-hmm. the <laughs> ring the it mm-hmm. it borrows some of the concepts on the the notes of horror uh as far as like the cinematography is concerned on that kind of thing it's mm. informed by them but i don't i don't think it's bound um by those tropes it's able to use more um yeah there's there's more culturally going on here uh 
than than, I, than some of the other films that are similar in the genre anyway. And not not that those can't be read um, likewise. Yeah. I mean, there's more things going on there too, but this covers a lot of things, as you mentioned, in, in a short span of time and benefits um, from multiple watchings, uh, which makes it it's made a little bit easier because it's only like nine mm. minutes. Mm. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I think, uh, I think you hit all the main points. <laughs> I can't think of anything mm. else that was super <laughs> important that would, wouldn't spoil, uh, yeah, the, the, the more the more interesting bits in the, in, the, in the movie. Yeah, I think whereas with the yeah. whaling, we we pretty much hit all the the main scenes. This we can mm. we can leave out. Um, we can leave the, some stuff the creepier for bits, uh, uh, yeah for surprise. you to discover yourself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just know um, if you hear a voice of someone uh, that you're not supposed supposed to be able to hear uh, you should probably ignore it please mm. yeah simple, leave it alone <laughs> do not follow mm. it into the do, do into not follow midnight. into the forest <laughs> <laughs> if you see if you see a cave bricked up that cave is bricked up for a reason mm. do not do not interact with <laughs> and if someone's covered a bunch of mirrors up uh don't untape the mirrors mm. yeah <laughs> Pro tip, you know. Mm. <laughs> pro tip, pro tip. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that that wraps us up for this. Um, as mm. far as I'm aware, we don't have any feedback. Uh, I'll double check real quick. Hold on. We have a lot of Twitter notifications, but are any of them feedback? It does not look like it. <laughs> Yep, we have no feedback. No feedback. Okay, well, we can deal. <laughs> One day, that, when we do uh, Dark Crystal. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> as a heads up, that will be most likely next episode. Um, yeah. Possibly the episode after that. There's a lot of stuff to, to cover. Yeah, you've got a lot of interesting books to read, it looks like. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be busy for two weeks. <laughs> Lore diving. Um, mm-hmm. which is good. It's a good thing to, good thing to have, um, better than a lack of, of lore. Uh, yeah. So I think that that's going to wrap us up for this episode. Uh, this has been not the wailing, but no, no, the mimic, the mimic <laughs> with no cockroaches. <laughs> we'll get around to the one with cockroaches later. Oh yeah. We'll it's, definitely be doing a, that at some point. It's a good one. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, if you do have any, uh, as always, we also accept um, questions or comments from previous episodes. Mm-hmm, There's mm-hmm. no no harm in that. So if you do end up watching this or have some extra input you'd like to share, uh, we'll include it at the end of next episode. Yep. Um, otherwise, send us things for uh, the Dark Crystal. Your impressions. Uh, any. any mm. Um, anecdotes, um, favorite characters. Um, there's a, there's a lot. There's a lot to, to <laughs> dig through on that one. So um, we would appreciate uh, any kind of um, prior feedback that you have. So we have time to uh, include that in, mm. or at least um, look into it a little bit further. 
uh, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, that wraps us up. So, Cameron, where can folks find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at night underscore twitten. That's night without a K. Uh, come for the slow crumble of Australian politics into Fat Man Scoop's newest album. Um, <laughs> no, don't. Don't don't look into that. You don't want to. Um, and uh, you can also check out one of the other podcasts I'm on, which is uh, wow, my brain turned off for a second. What other podcast I'm on? It's Realm and Ruin. That's it. Um, dedicated to Warhammer in all its forms. Uh, so if you enjoy a bit of the tabletop hobby, uh, come check us out. We're at Realm and Ruin on Twitter. Excellent. How about yeah? How about you, Dave? Where can we find you and your many glorious works? I am all over the shop. I'm everywhere. Um, <laughs> no, I'm really not on Twitter. Uh, you can Dave's all over the shop. <laughs> You'll be the one shop. of them sooner or later. Sooner. <laughs> uh, the blood. <laughs> no, no um, at underscore plus is where you'll find me on Twitter. Uh, I also have a new podcast uh, where... I say were, but it's just me. Um, mm. <laughs> episode four will be coming up soon. Uh, basically, I'm taking a look at uh, older sci-fi series, um, books, mm. through, uh, mm. in Asian media, kind of keeping it confined to 70s, 80s, and 90s, um, much as you'd find on the radio station. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh. Uh, they're all, uh, all uh, sci-fi um centric but i don't think that that that's a that's a wide lens to use so there's mm. a lot of a lot of things that are going to fall into the fair game um that i'll be taking a look at that aren't just specifically mm. space oriented or anything like that i'm i'll be looking at a bunch of stuff so that's uh yeah at rock space dandy on twitter um check out the podcast it's hard rock saves the space dandy uh I don't know. I'm having having a lot of fun with it, so <laughs> it's an excuse, yeah. maybe, I think, to watch a bunch of things that I either <laughs> haven't seen or haven't seen in a very long time. Um, mm. or, 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 like I said, it's not just films. Um, I'll be looking into some books too when I when I get around. To mm. it. it takes a little bit <laughs> a little bit longer to <laughs> to dig into. Um, yeah, I'm also on a kung fu podcast, so that's. Um, mm. Crouching Tiger Hidden Podcast, also on iTunes. We are on episode 24, I think, coming up. Um, wow. That's a lot of fun. Just visiting yeah. some old uh, beat-em-up. <laughs> a lot of Jackie Chan. If you like Jackie Chan, Jet Li, mm. stop by. We love Jackie Chan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. So we will see you next time for... Yeah. The Dark Crystal. Part Ooh. one of 37. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah. I think that's uh, that's us. Sign yeah. off. Bye-bye, Bye-bye. everybody. Bye-bye.